Hello and welcome to the Draft Talk Podcast. The Draft Talk Podcast is the place to be for all of your draft needs, which is handy because we're only a few days away. Wow, here it is. Uh, but yeah, my name is Brian. I'm delighted to be all today. And we're all here, uh, which is great. We're all here and I'm delighted to welcome all the team, MJ, Owen and Stu. How are you doing, guys? Very good. Can't believe it's one week exactly till draft night, and I'm hoping the uh, I'm hoping the weather's as good next week when it is when we're in the draft talk HQ penthouse having a few beers. It'll be quite fun. So I'm hoping that the weather holds until then. Yeah, all good. I suppose it'd be good if I mention we're recording a week out from. You will not be listening to this a week out. If you're listening to this, it, we're not a week out. <laughs> we don't 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 be listening thinking oh the draft's next monday it's not it's, just it's do thursday. what these guys do ignore anything Stu says thursday. and just listen to wine <laughs> but it might be a good caveat if we if you hear some information we don't mention it's because we're a couple of days behind releasing to try and get everything out <laughs> but yes all good final position group quarterbacks let's do it so, so we're already in a minute in we've done some time travel um and let's let's get on with the quarterbacks absolutely um great job there uh she was just throwing all the, the editorial stuff out of there but yeah there we go the secret is out we recorded this on a thursday um but it'll be with you uh before that but yeah the draft talk podcast is everything you need to know uh ready for the nfl draft we have mock drafts interviews views and news and talking of news we have some Fantastic news, internal news. The draft of OG, the, our fearless leader, and the reason why we are all here. Owen Jones is uh, he's joining the lovely guys at Pro Football Network. Um, congrats, Owen, before we move on. Um, kudos to you. Well deserved. Um, the work you do is fantastic. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let the other guys compliment you before I go a bit too over the top. Thank you very uh, much. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I will still be doing the Draft Talk podcast. Don't worry. Yep. I feel, I feel like a proud dad with my son going off to do something well. Good on you, Wayne. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's great news. Uh, you are easily, you know, one of the hardest working guys in draft showbiz. Um, and, uh, you know, the content that you put out is, is, is great. So it's it's deserved recognition. So we're, we're all chuffed for you. Thank you very much. We are indeed. But yeah, let's get cracking. Let's not blow too much smoke um, that way. Uh, yeah, it's quarterbacks. I'm it's asthmatic. Of our, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> the best reason of all. Uh, but yeah, it is our <laughs> final uh, top five positional preview. Uh, so quarterbacks, it's quite a big deal. I don't know if you know this about football, but you, you need a quarterback. And uh, there's some good ones this year. Uh, but yeah, it's our top five. We go through five up to one. Five being the sort of fifth, fifth best, obviously. First being the best. Um, but without further ado, let's get going. All right, we'll, we'll start off with you. Give us your number five quarterback for this year's draft class, please. Okay, okay. Now, do we all? Have, the question is, do we all have the same five, and do we all have the same five in the same order? I think there's a chance we do. This could be a draft talk first. I'm going to say yes on five. All oh, right, that means he's done something. Okay. Ooh, on order, because I don't know what you guys have done. Okay. We, we'll never, we'll never get 
all five in the same position. Will yeah, we? the consensus would Never be happen. no consensus on this podcast. Uh, my number five is Tennessee's Hendon Hooker. Um, yeah, look, there's a clear four for me. Um, number five, he he quite clearly would be the number five. I think there's a bunch of guys behind who would have some way to go to make up that room. Um, Hendon Hooker uh, is very, I find it very difficult to talk about Hendon Hooker because I tend to just want to speak about the bad things and not about the good things. So I'll try. Look, he has all the size. His hands are huge, 10.5 inch hands. Um, The best thing I could say about him is that his ball security is fantastic only through two interceptions in 2022 he he is very secure as a passer that he is not going to throw many interceptions he throws with timing he's accurate um he throws a really tight spiral very very efficient as a thrower solid mechanics no problem there at all team captain extremely smart absolutely you know that's what he brings to you now there are a lot of question marks for me on Hendon Hooker, which means that to me, I, I wouldn't be comfortable drafting him, but say he is still a, a top five here. Um, the first thing is that he plays in a one read offense. So uh, he, if it, 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 I just don't see how the offense translates now. You know, his quotes at the combine was, well, if Jalen Hyatt's open, I'm going to throw to him every time. Well, that's fine, but that isn't going to happen all the time when you're in the NFL. So as an evaluator, that's very good in college, but we're evaluating how that translates to the NFL. And yes, if his wide receiver is open, he's going to be able to throw it there. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that can do that. The problem comes when uh, when the area that he needs to throw to tightens and the accuracy then for me becomes a bit of a problem. And it becomes even more of a problem when he's under pressure. He took 23 sacks in 2022, 35 in 2021. Um, he just can't handle pressure at all. Uh, his throwing accuracy goes way down. I don't know what the exact number is, uh, but it's it go, it's way down. Is he's, he's, uh, he's pressured on almost or just over 30% of the plays, and he's what under 50% completion rate. That For me, it starts with his footwork, and while everything's going right, his footwork is great, his mechanics are great. But as soon as there's pressure, his he's just a statue, and he his, his, he, he it just doesn't it just doesn't go anywhere. He's just standing completely still, and see because he's in a one read, he stares down his read far too much for my liking. He it's quite easy to figure out where he's going to go. Um, he t- has a tendency to throw too high as well, especially under pressure. And then my biggest worry then comes with the injury, torn his ACL. Can he play day one in the NFL? I don't know. Obviously, it's smokescreen season. He can come out and say that he's ready to be practicing. I'm yet to be convinced he's that ahead of schedule. And then he is a six-year senior. He will turn 26 during his rookie season. And I'll pair that with the fact that we don't know how much of his rookie season he's going to be able to play. And that worries me far, far too much. Uh, to me, as I'll let some of the other guys come in with the scout report, he just he reminds me what I think Hendon Hooker could be at his best is Geno Smith, probably an adequate backup, um, nothing more, nothing less. And I think he has a similar career trajectory to that. If everything goes right for him, 
Could he be G- what Geno Smith is at the Seahawks right now? Yes, but look what the Seahawks are. We're still talking about them potentially taking a quarterback and Geno Smith's just come off his best season ever. Um, so I don't think Geno Smith isn't isn't stopping you from looking elsewhere and looking for more talent at position. I don't think Hendon Hooker will ever be a guy that stops you from looking to get better at the position. Um, so yeah, I struggle. I wouldn't be taking him in the first round. Does he go there? I, I wouldn't be shocked if someone took a punt. Yeah, the the elder statesman like myself of the uh, group. Um, but for me, there's just not enough there for me to be banging the table for Hendon Hooker. Um, you've kind of covered it quite nicely, Owen. I think he, he is a smart, he's a natural team leader. When things are going well, he's got good arm strength. He gets a ball down the field. But that scheme that he plays in, it's that spread tempo, one read, that's just not played in the NFL. So even if all's going well, he's going to have to translate his whole philosophy into that. Um, he is an old, much older prospect. He was at Virginia Tech before going to Tennessee. It took him a while to become a regular starter as well. And all the things that he does well, such as maturity, leadership, well, he's six, seven years older than some of these guys he's played against. You know, he's been around a long time. You expect him to be that. And is that why he looked good? Because he's a fully grown bloke at 25 playing against guys who've just come out of high school. Um, for me as well, he can be, as you mentioned, he's statue. I think he's quite flat-footed a lot of the time, particularly when he's under pressure. And if he does get under pressure, the head goes down and he scrambles very quickly out of the pocket. He doesn't, when he comes out of that pocket, he's flushed out. He doesn't look for another passing option. He just puts the head down and and goes. Um, and 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 you could do with more awareness of what's going on around him. Um, yeah, for me, he's five, but he's 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 probably quite a distant five, if I'm honest. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's he's five for me as well. You've summed it up really well there, guys, obviously. And the Geno Smith comparison is a great one. And I think if I'm him, I'm looking at somebody like Geno Smith and looking at Geno Smith's bank balance and thinking, well, actually, that sort of career, that'll do me very nicely. Thank you very much. Um, and there are 32 teams and there are injuries and people's form falls away and people who we think are going to make it don't and you need a bridge quarterback or you need to you know you need to fill in for a bit um i've i've seen one or two things that projected him potentially to minnesota towards the end of the first round and you you kind of go well kirk cousins entering what is it the last year of the of his latest big contract um there's a scenario there where that actually works and you know maybe they stick maybe they stick him in there and 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 he, and he could do something for for a couple of years but he, you don't get that sense that he's going to lead a franchise but you do get the sense that he will be a really good locker room guy um and that he would be really good in a quarterback room and be a really good backup and occasionally get get his chances um the the odd thing about it in terms of his uh you know him him kind of like hanging onto the ball and staring it down and getting sacked he's actually he's he's pretty decent when he takes off um you know running wise he's he does have that ability to take off um but at the moment the way it kind of stacks up as you say it's, it's almost 30% of the time pressure turns into a sack or well, you can't you can't do that in the NFL you know that that's not going to get you anywhere um but he does know how to take care of the ball. His t- turnover-worthy plays are the least of, of all of these guys that, that we'll talk about. And on the face of the stats, you know, it's whatever, 58 touchdowns, five interceptions. That looks really good from one, one perspective. But if you go back and you watch it, you can see 
that all of his highlight reel is him looking at one target who is then open and throwing it to him. He His head never really moves in terms of, you know, surveying the field. Um, so I think he, he'll go somewhere and he, you know, I don't think he will go day one, but I think he, he will definitely be off the board early day two. He will have an interesting career to, to watch, but I would I would limit him to a really good, um, high quality, high character backup. There we go. First bit of consensus. Maybe the second bit of consensus. Uh, Stu, give us your number four. Uh, number four for me is Will Levis from Kentucky. Um, Will Levis is a player I, I actually like more than I thought I would like, if I'm honest. I think Will Levis has been hyped and then knocked down. And then hyped and knocked down. And I think that people are maybe a bit down on Will Levis again. But for me, there's a lot to like about Will Levis. Yes, he's not perfect. What quarterback is, very few. Um but I think he has the makings of the potential of being a very good quarterback. He's got the right size. He's got the right build. He's got an absolute rocket of an arm. His passing mechanics are actually pretty decent. I think he's got a good technique. Um, he has played in an NFL-style offense, and you can see him calling plays and diagnosing things, which is maybe what some of the other guys aren't being asked to do at the college level. Um He's a good scrambler. He can take large chunk plays, but you can also use him on um, power runs, zone reads. I mean, he was used as a short short area running weapon kind of when he was at Penn State, really. He wasn't really used much as a passing quarterback at all. Um, he likes to play with timing and rhythm. Um, there's a, there is things he needs to put. Ball security definitely needs to improve. He's got 17 fumbles and 25 interceptions, which is way too high. And he does sometimes lock his first read a little bit easily, not to the same degree as Hendon Hooker does, but he can sometimes telegraph that a little bit. He has this absolute rocket of an arm. And to me, sometimes he's throwing the ball like he almost wants to take the leather off it. He's throwing it with that much velocity that you sometimes just want to rein that in a little bit and play with a little bit more touch, which I think he can do at times as well. But he believes in his arm. And sometimes that's to his detriment as well. He thinks he's going to fit a ball through the eye of a needle and he will let rip. And you think, ooh, even if that's not an interception, that really could have been an interception because he believes in himself. And and you don't want to knock that out of him, but you want him to just rein that in a little bit as well. You want to rein in the mayonnaise and the coffee and the eating bananas with the skins on as well. But for me, there's a lot to like in Will Levis. There is a wide range of potential outcomes for him given his, his flaws and his ability. But take a punt if you get the chance. Uh, OK, I, I've got him at, at four as well. Um, I I'm, I probably don't like him as much, Stu, but I, I see the potential. Um, there are just some things that, frankly, are, are sort of terrifying, but um, some of it does come with the context of the offense he was in for this year and what's happened this year in comparison to last year. Because if you go you go back and look at his 2021 stats versus 2022, he's had a difficult 2022 season. There's a lot of talk about this um, turf toe and whether that's affected him throughout the season more than more than he's let on. The, the most terrifying set of stats for this season that I found, right? 10 completions from 30 attempts 
for 116 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, passer rating of 29. And that is when he passes to the right side of the field outside the hashes. That so is a stat. Thank you very much. So You so must spend that, all week looking for this kind of stuff, MG. Do you know that? I, I really enjoyed looking at the uh, looking up the, the where they were passing it to. You know, you're looking are they passing? You know, of course, they you know they're going to be going across the middle. How much they go out to the left? How much? But out to the right last season was terrifyingly bad. Um, not as bad the year before. And then if you start to stack it up with the fact that in terms of pressure, he was kept kept in a clean pocket ten percent less this year than he was last year. You know, they were getting after him last year. Um, in 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 that last season, so I think that was that plays into it. I I I think considering the offense, I think you start to think about okay, if if he'd have been kept clean to the same amount as a you know we'll get on to talking about CJ Stroud, you know that those sorts of players, it, it would be interesting to compare with a better offensive line, um, whether the stats would, would be exactly the same. I'll go back to the comparison that I think I made one of the first times we were talking about Will Levis. In golfing terms, he can absolutely nail a drive 350 yards down the, down the fairway. However, pitching wedge from about 60 yards, and he'll completely miss the green. Um, and that was evident even when he was doing the combine where, you know, it's the whole uh, stick your shorts on and just chuck a ball to, to a guy and there's there's no defense around and his his sort of inability to layer and have that sense of finesse and touch that that's a concerning um a concerning thing for me so but everything is there i wonder how much of it is in his head I wonder how much of it, you know, as you said, his arm mechanics not bad. Footwork, yes, there are issues around around footwork. Uh, maybe that's again going back to the turf toe stuff. I, you know, how fit was he last year? I don't know. Um, but there's there's definitely a prospect there. I just I I think he'll have some growing pains. I, he won't be the only one, but I think there will definitely be some growing pains with Will Levis. Um, it will be really interesting to see where he goes and whether or not he's starting straight away. Uh, but yeah, he, he comes in at number four with with a fair few concerns. This reference, Michael, completely over your heads, I don't know, but someone listening will get it. He is, in golfing terms, if we're sticking with golfing, he is the Bryson DeChambeau in this class where he just absolutely drives it but needed to work on his putting game, but he got there. So we'll see We'll see if Will Levis can. Yeah, he lacks any touch whatsoever, but he can absolutely power the football. There's absolutely no question about his arm or his mechanics for me. It's very difficult evaluating from 21 to 22 and then again projecting that. So yes, he, he has played in a pro-style offence and he's played um, under... NFL caliber coaches and coaches that have been in the NFL and can project that way. So there's a projection there. He can, you know, there's going to be no problem him going into the huddle and reeling off a 20 word play. He will be absolutely fine there. He clearly is, is, is smart. Uh, 2021, we keep hearing, I'm not, I'm not going to say excuses, but 
I'm trying to think of a different word for it, but 2021, his line his line was pretty good. Like Luke Fortner was at centre, he went to the Jags as being pretty good. Darian Kennard was a player that we all liked coming out. So we don't know what happened. Maybe there were some medical issues, but he went to the Chiefs later on. Um, so the line wasn't that bad. He had a decent running back as well. Um, but it just absolutely fell off a cliff in 2022. And where you were looking to see development, it just meant that you weren't able to because of the pressure rate. He had absolutely no supporting cast either on the line or at receiver, no weapons. So it's very difficult for him to have got any better this season for, for that reason. Um, I thought he was quite slow to go through his reads um, and he had a tendency to to, def, to throw deep whenever he could. Whenever there was an opportunity, he was going to throw it deep. And yet he, he said he, he trusts his arm too much. I would like to have seen him trust his legs a bit more mm-hmm. instead of just, just throwing it, almost like hitting, hoping at times that just use your legs to bail you out instead of using your arm to bail you out because I think he has the the ability to do that um, decision making is going to come up a lot again it's difficult like a lot of the plays that you, you'll see um, which I've seen on Twitter pointed out to me and it was a very good point I hadn't something I hadn't considered until then that, that a lot of it comes on um, on kind of uh, on slants where it's with it's timing and the receivers just couldn't have their timing with him Um it, it was just a little bit all over the place. And I don't know if you guys agree. It was almost 2022 film all felt very panicked. And he couldn't perform when when he was panicked. I don't know if that's something that you agree with, but he, he almost he couldn't stay calm to make an accurate throw or an accurate decision. Yeah, I, I get where you come from. That, but my, and, and, and it may well be that my, my kind of take on it was, is he frustrated yeah. that he's not got this? No, he's got this ability and he maybe is this person who's going to be an NFL player and there's just not that calibre around him and he's trying to make things happen and the guys are not running where he wants them to go or they're a yard off it or I don't know, was there just a mix of all that going through his head at times? Yeah, I should say I haven't um, said it. I also have him at four. I should have should have made that point at the, at the start. I think it was probably... Um, probably obvious but yeah i have him at four as well and i don't know sorry mj were you going to come in and say something there no i, I was just gonna i was just another comparison went into my head if you remember that advert that peter k did where he was playing football that in the is. park and then he just goes have it and boots it like over the other side of the field that's a real levis to me that's, right, that's I, like that. I like that john john smith's better was it not yeah yeah but there's a there's a prospect there it's just extremely difficult you kind of it, it, it could really could go either way either way with him. Ryan Tannehill's the comp right now, um, and he needs to to rein it in if he's gonna gonna live up to that. I would say it can all be say a bit too panicked, a bit too all over the place. Just needs to calm down, and he'll be okay. Yeah, you, you don't see that with the marks and going here from four to sort of fourteen. Like anyway, we will see. But yeah. Uh, Will Levis is our collective number four. This is where not the carnage, but the the slight disagreement starts. Um, Stu, give us your number three, please. Okay, so obviously people are higher on him than I am, and uh, it's Anthony Richardson, um, from Florida. Uh, the one thing you're going to say about Anthony Richardson is athleticism. 
Um, he's had the highest RAS score for a quarterback of all time. And this is a thing that I saw on one of the programmes I was watching on the network. He's taller than George Kittle, heavier than Hassan Reddick, bigger hands than D-Hop, better vert than Devontae Adams, better broad jump than OBJ, and faster than Stephon Diggs. And that's just insane. Um, and I've got a little analogy, so you're going to have to bear with me on this one. Um, so you might have to sit back and listen a little bit about Anthony Richardson. So I feel like Anthony Richardson is like a Michelin star dish an hour before you order it. You've been to the you've been to the butchers, you've got the best cut of meat, you've got the best veg from your grocer, you've got the spices, everything, top quality, best you can buy. But if you have someone like me cooking that, he's going to be quite good because the ingredients are there. But if you get that Michelin star chef to work with him, you can hit the stars. It's good. It could be unbelievable. And that's how I feel about Anthony Richardson. He's got absolutely everything you could want to be whatever he wants to be at the quarterback position. But it needs to be looked after properly and harnessed right. Um, I think he's a better passer than he's given credit for. Um, the cast he had around him in Florida, I think we could fit them all in a bin. Um, they would be needing a dumpster. Um, he's got quite a good feel for the pocket and he's got great movement skills with him. He's just got an effortless throw in motion. He can just flick that wrist and the ball's 60 yards down the field very easily. He throws off platform quite well. And he does, he, he reads the whole field and he goes through his progressions a bit more than I, I was actually anticipating they might do. His accuracy is not perfect, but he can lead receivers. Um, he's got a nice throw in motion. He's got reasonable mechanics. He sometimes does look too far down the field and is looking for that big play when he could maybe, actually, there's a guy just running that slant, take the nice, easy option. He can often be a little bit steppy in his footwork. He doesn't always set his base quite right for me. Um, he's got better as the season's gone on. You saw most of his bad tape was in that first six games. As the season's gone on, he's got better and better. There's a lack of experience there that I think might just worry some teams. But for me, if we get that Michel Rue, he could be anything he wants to be. Yeah, his first year as a starter this past season, and yeah, I think it was the first maybe seven games, um, that's where you maybe worried about accuracy and you worried about decision-making, but it absolutely got better. Um, and like, as, as we were saying with Will Levis, um, that he was kind of, panicked, didn't really know what he was doing. You could see it. You could see it clicking with Anthony Richardson that gave you a lot of hope. Um, now, reluctantly, I also have him at three. And, and I hate that I have him at three. Because I'm not going to lie. I almost had Anthony him at one. Richardson. It's it, it's very, very close right now. So I, I, I basically put the final big board together. That'll be out on the site very soon. Bryce Young is my fourth player. CJ Stroud is my sixth player and Anthony Richardson is my seventh player. So it's very, very tight between all of them. And I think you would be happy to take any of them. Um, I won't speak about the superlatives of Anthony Richardson. If you follow the drafts or even if you don't follow the draft at this stage, you know exactly what is good about Anthony Richardson. Um, the way I would say is if, if I was personally, if I was going to draft any of these guys, 
it would be Anthony Richardson and it wouldn't be close. I would take Anthony Richardson every single time because he has exactly what I look for in a quarterback. I just like the two ahead of him. I think they're just a little bit more polished. But as I say, if you if drafting a quarterback in the first round is always hit and miss. How many good quarterbacks coming out have, have failed that we were sure and we were like, there's no way he fails, but they do. Uh, why not? Why not take a chance on on a player that could absolutely be great if he if it all comes together? Uh, see, some people are going to question the the accuracy issues and the mechanics. For me, um, the mechanics they were de- they definitely got better, and it came from and the, and the accuracy came from the mechanics where the 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 bottom half and the top half weren't working together. It definitely improved, but if you can get him throwing in rhythm some more, then I think the, the accuracy issues will certainly sort themselves out. The short area throws where you're like, oh my God, how did he miss that? Well, you have to take some context into it as well. Those receivers were absolutely horrendous and they couldn't get off press at the line of scrimmage. So he was throwing when he, they should be open, but they're not. That's not always on him. It's a, as, as it, it's a team game, isn't it? The, I saw our friend Trevor Sycamore say who uh, when when he was on the podcast that you have to, you know, he can't do it all on his own. Um, but my explanation for drafting him would be another analogy for you here that if we're calling the quarterback in the first round a lottery, then if you give me a choice between picking a lottery ticket for just the standard UK lottery, which what pays out maybe three million, or you can give me a ticket to the Euro millions that pays out a hundred million. I know which ticket I'll be I'll be picking. I'll take the one with the highest payoff. So I would absolutely be taking Anthony Richardson out of all these quarterbacks, although I do have him at three. Yeah, and then if I was a, a GM and most GMs end up getting sacked. It's a fact, a fact of life. I would rather be sacked for taking Anthony Richardson in the first round than be sacked for taking Hendon Hooker. Right. And you this know, plays into yeah. my analogy, right? The Euro Millions ticket costs 50p yeah. more, and I would rather pay that extra 50p for the chance of what he could be. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, no pressure, I, MJ, but oh, yeah. this is really come on. Your, uh, this is, it, this is great. I mean, we are, we're, you know, this is the last of our top fives. We're going out with a bang here. This, this is, we, <laughs> we're just pulling out all the stops on analogies and everything, aren't we? Um, so I, I ended up with him at two. So, um, I, and I went back and uh, Brian will know this. I only sent my, my top five in quite late um, today because I was going back and forth with these top three and going, okay, how, how am I go- how am I thinking about this? Um, and in the end, it was the, between the top three, it was who's going to win me a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and that's why Richardson came in at two, because if you look at who, you know, take last season, for example, who, you know, it was Hertz versus Mahomes. So it, it's either this kind of dual threat athlete or the arch creator, you know, the, the passing phenomenon. Um, and, and Richardson is this all-round athlete. Stu went through all of those amazing stats about him. All I've got here is built in a lab. That, you know, that's, it is like that he was set up for this. I mean, 6'4", 244 pounds. If he's running towards you, 
again that you know that that is like a tight end running running towards you that that kind of uh, kind of size he he does he spins an absolutely sweet ball that's another phrase i've got written down for that i've got from this afternoon i was just i just looked when you when you're on about this season and the stats so up to week 6 and this is only touchdowns and interceptions five touchdowns seven interceptions from week 6 onwards 12 touchdowns two interceptions so the progression during this season um, is is there. You, you're absolutely right. He likes the big time throws. He likes those big time Charlie throws. He's right up there with the rest of them in terms of, of looking for that throw. And he is very, very raw. There are not a lot of slap, snaps there. There's not, a, you know, three years worth of, of starting. Um, but the potential is there. The, the potential as a runner, the potential that, that he's got with his arm um, and Going back to your original point, Stu, yes, absolutely, he's got to go to the right place because there are a number of, um, and obviously the early drafting teams, most of them have, uh, you know, they're there for a reason. They've been in a bit of a mess. They've got things wrong before. Do they have the right coaching set up? Um, because that's what he's going to need. Um, but yeah, on on my who's going to win me a Super Bowl, he he came in at number two. Yeah, I was, should mention as well that he only turns 21 after the draft. He's currently still 20 years old. So we've got to take the, how good he has been at 20. I think, you know, give or take a few months, by the time Anthony Richardson gets to his, what, his fifth-year option, going to sign a new contract, he'll be the same age as Hendon Hooker is right now. So he's got a lot of time ahead of him. And if, if you need to sit him, then you have time to do that. He's he's just 20. So what he's been able to do in that short amount of time is 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 exceptional. And you're going to hear a lot, is, he's just a running quarterback. He's not. He's not. The, the, the running bails him out. He is, he is a passer. He can get through his presentation. Um, Trying to say the word, he gets through his reads and <laughs> yes, and progressions. Um, uh, so he he can do all that. He can he can fit a pro style offense, uh, but he has the legs to bail him out when it doesn't work. And maybe maybe he could do it a little bit more. To be honest. Yeah, and and just just to jump in there, that yeah, in terms of the ideal scenario is like a Mahomes scenario where he gets to sit for a year behind somebody. Um, I don't know, Titans, for for example, if they yeah. took him and he sat behind Tannehill for a season and then was able to, it's that sort of scenario we're talking about. Um, I'm not sure what it looks like if you're wanting him to jump in week one. That, that again, may be a rougher ride. I, I almost want Anthony Richardson to fall because I don't want him to go to somebody crap. I really don't. I don't want him to, I don't want him to be like a quarterback for like, oh, I don't know, some the Texans or some useless bin franchise like that you know um, i want him to be with someone good and i, I think he's going to be too good to to not go to somebody rubbish and i, and I hope they use him really right because he he really could be special you know the film draft day no, i saw that anthony richardson no matter what that someone some gm is going to have that written on a little note that's stuck in his pocket and they'll go on the clock and he looks at it and Anthony Richardson, no matter what, because he's got stuff you want to bank on. Yeah, and it's a well, good so bad we... film, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Anthony Richardson, hell of a hell of a prospect. We've um, we mentioned before we had Trevor Sycamore. He compared it to Malik Willis. He obviously went in the third round, but Anthony Richardson is 
I'll watch um better. In, in, yeah, so much better. But um yeah, I fancy it in say. Um there we go. We've had shoot and Owens number three. MJ, let's have your number three, please. Okay, so so my number three, and again going back to the whole who's gonna win me a Super Bowl thing, and this this feels like a slight on him, and it's not. I absolutely love him. I think he's a great player, but my number three ended up being CJ Stroud. And it was a case of floors and ceilings. And he might be the safest of these prospects if you want somebody to start day one. He is the technician. He is the guy who looks in control. He is the the, the guy with the, the accuracy. It's not a howitzer he's got for an arm. It's more a sniper rifle. You know, it's like what, you know, what, what what target do you want me to take out? You know, when he was, do, again, if you go back to the combine and when he was throwing, it was like, you could have given him any assignment that you wanted to. It's right, right. Hit hit that mark there. Hit that one. Hit the next one. It did make me think, actually, because we, we were talking a little bit about, about this before we came on, about group think around quarterbacks and how it's difficult. They're probably the one group where this is perhaps more prevalent because there's more talk about quarterbacks and everybody by the end falls in with whatever the, the latest guy says is, is number one. Which made me think that next year... Just because this episode, you know, we're coming out with these ridiculous analogies. And, and I reckon next year at the Combine, all the quarterbacks come along and they have to come like the masked singer. And we don't know who is who. And they just, because then. <laughs> that would be amazing. You're just going on what you see them throw. So you wouldn't be able to tell who was, you know, Will Levis was in the octopus costume or, or whatever. And you would just go on the accuracy. Because I think, I don't know, maybe, and maybe I'm doing the same thing. Maybe I was harsher on Will Levis at the Combine just because it was Will Levis. Um, I, I I don't know. But yeah, going back to Stroud, he's obviously had it. He's had a superb career. He, he has had the luxury like this season of, you know, Paris Jones at left tackle, uh, Paris Johnson at left tackle, Dewan Jones at right tackle. He's had some time to throw. Um, he, he's not as dynamic. He's Again, he's almost a little bit more traditional in that, in that sort of pocket passer sort of range. Although... When he has taken off, and obviously the one game was that uh, was that uh, the final game that he played this season, where you know again he he's had a couple of games where he's actually used his legs and taken off and looked looked dynamic, and 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 I think that's part of his game that I'd like to see wherever he goes. Uh, I'd like to see that develop a bit more, and I think that the likelihood is that it will because again, if he gets drafted early, he's going to get drafted somewhere where the line probably is a bit more of a mess, and he might have to take off through necessity more than more than design um so that's part of his game i'd like to see him do i think he's he's he will settle in to an nfl franchise and i think we will see him start and and i think he will have a good career he will probably get whoever you know wherever he goes he will probably get them over 500 and headed towards the playoffs but again going back to the thing of will he will he win a super bowl he came, he came in third for me Yeah, the Draft Talk podcast does not follow a think tank because CJ Stroud is my number one. Um, I really like CJ Stroud, and and I'm not not ashamed to say that. I think that he's had two really good years as a high end college program. Um, he's still young; he's only going to be 21 when the NFL season starts. Um, he takes good command. He's of an offense at the line of scrimmage. I think he's he's quite quietly confident in himself he's not one of these guys who's going to bark and shout at people but he has an air of kind of authority about him people kind of 
listen to what he's talking about. He's good at identifying protections and making adjustments when he needs to. He's very careful with the football and he really puts it in harm's way. Um, even when you miss his receivers, he's putting it into an area that's not going to cause hassle to him. The defender's not going to get it either. Um, he doesn't always look for the spectacular like some of these other guys. He can do it, but if there's something easier, better on offer that's going to just get them that yardage, get them a, a chunk play, he'll happily take that as well. He understands how to lead his receivers into space. He's got um, great touch. He can layer the ball all three levels of the field. He's got plenty arm strength. He's not the strongest arm in the class, but there's plenty there. He maybe doesn't have that same zip as a Will Levis, but he's perfectly acceptable for the NFL level. He has, however, the one thing is he has struggled when he's been under pressure um, and his completion percentage does go down. And I think that's something he's going to have to be a bit more aware of um, as time comes on. Um, but he's generally pretty poised in the pocket. Um, he sometimes does a slight weird thing with his shoulder and I can't quite describe what it is. And and and, and it sometimes has a little bit of a wobbly mechanic, when he, but he doesn't do it all the time, but it's just a weird thing that I've noticed. It, um, um, I, I can't even describe when it. When he's throwing, his like, non-throwing shoulder almost dips down and... It, yeah, it was almost like leans into his non-throwing shoulder instead of staying up, up and throwing. Yeah, it's it's, it's it weird. It looks bit. it looks a bit odd, and it sometimes causes yeah. that wee little wobbler ball. But yeah, um, he's maybe not the most dynamic, and then he hasn't. I mean, he only had 180 rushing yards on the year, and 79 of them came in one game. So that tells you all you need to know. And that was in that game when it was blowing a hoolie and it was rain and mental wind against um, Northwestern. So he kind of had no option. But to run and rather than pass, um, but I think he's just a very nuanced quarterback. He understands the position very well. He's got the right size, right frame. He can sit in and pass. I think there's more to come with his legs. He he was someone who will be able to take take control early. Um, I think a real, real solid prospect. And for me, there's reasons why I have him against the guy you maybe have at number one away, and MJ. Yeah, yeah, as as I let on before, CJ Stroud's my number two. I won't go over the scouting report, which the guys just covered there. Um, but what what puts him at two instead of one for me um, is a slight lack of creativity. Um, I yeah, guess I would that. be the best way to put it. That he is he is pro ready. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, hits kind of every read that he has. Um, he's a he's a, it's just a pure pocket executor um, kind of you know pocket general field general would be the way to to put it that um, I just don't know how much you can you can trust the legs and therefore outside of structure when it does break down uh, I think there's a, there was just enough question marks there for to put him at two instead of one um, because he they were there were games especially what towards the end of the season you know uh, Michigan in the playoffs uh, Georgia as well that it was I'm trying to think of the way to put it that that he, he clearly can do it out of the pocket but the sample size wasn't enough for me to think well that's who he is now um because they, because they came later in the in the season as well and they both came in losses as well um but his movement inside the pocket uh, was it was absolutely exceptional i've got no no problem about that but i think he's someone that you are going to have to um 
have some pieces in place for him to be a success right away. Whereas the guy at number one, which we'll get into, I don't have those concerns so much. But CJ Stroud, I've got no, no absolutely no, no problem with him at all. It was, it was, he's he's so accurate, it's ridiculous, really, that he's even when he misses, it's still accurate, which doesn't quite make sense. But like he misses, but he he misses in a place where no one else will be able to make a play on the ball. Yeah, it's exactly what's in the defense. Yes, yeah. he's not so, putting it in harm's way. No, not not at all. Uh, so I think he is a, a great prospect, and yeah, absolutely, he will go top five. There you go, it's means you've won. Player remaining. Um, MJ, I got to you. You're number one quarterback for this year's draft class. Who is it? Okay, uh, it's Bryce Young from Hello. Alabama. Um, where to start? Uh, giraffes. Giraffes are 16 foot tall most of the time. Where's However, there are giraffes that are nine foot tall. They're still giraffes. They still survive as giraffes. Um, and they are not. They're still they are giraffes. Not, they're still That's giraffes. Some, I'm clipping that up. That's a, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be on like this. He's going to be taken over from Atom Brisney. The giraffes in the wild. <laughs> Nine foot tall giraffes. I've, I've, I've completely, I, I've got to the point now, I've, I've lost it. We're, we're at the end of a very, very long run of top fives. I'm just, we're pulling out all the stops here. We've got a few months until we, we come back after after draft after draft time. No, it, it was, yeah, I mean, we, we know what the problem is. Uh, he would be an outlier in terms of his size. Um, and there are very few quarterbacks at this kind of size who make it. But in the end, when I went back and, and looked at what he was doing, he is he is the architect. He is the creator. He has that ability. And I, I kind of pause here when I say this because you don't want to draw comparisons necessarily and put pressure on him. But that kind of Mahomes-like the play is dead. The play is gone. It, it, this is going to be, you know, tackle for loss. This is going to be incomplete. This is this is a broken play. And he extends the play. He finds somebody. They move the chains. They score. There is just something about him in the... And, and let's face it, when you're, when you're only 5'10 and allegedly £204, um, you've got to be tricky and elusive you can't just stand there and get hit because, again, you'll be peeling him off off the turf. Um, but there is just something about him. He's he, he's actually he, he stands under pressure. He stands up under pressure better than anybody else in terms of what what you know what happens next. When we looked at you know going back looking at like Hendon Hooker and, and Will Levis, where it's like pressure to sack is about thirty percent of the time. He he still is able to create. Um, so obviously his his production is is there for anybody to see. I just in the end coming back to this this thing of who could who could potentially win you a Super Bowl and yes it would be an outlier but but this guy he really could be in that bracket. He could be unique in 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 being the the size and the frame that he is and you're going to have to take care of him. There are always going to be question marks over his durability at a shoulder injury this year. Um, so the, those question marks remain, 
But just in terms of when he's on the field of play and what he can do, I, I think he could really be another one of these almost magician-like quarterbacks that we talk about further down the line. Um, so that's why he comes in at number one for me. Yeah, he's at number one. Next on the Giraffe Talk podcast. Oh. Carry on. (laughs) Bryce Young's number one for me as well. The baby giraffe? A baby giraffe's nine foot MJ? Is that what we're going with? Um, uh, It's very difficult to say what he does badly. Uh, And it's the outside of structure stuff that you pointed out there, MJ, the under pressure that, that really stood out to me. And he did it with an extremely depleted wide receiver core where you, when you think of Alabama, you normally think, you know, you think of Jalen Waddle, you think of Devontae Smith, you think of Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy when they were coming out. He didn't have anyone in that room, yet he still got it done. Um, and I just, yeah, avoiding pressure, extremely calm at all times as well. And I think that we know the size concerns, but... And it's almost, yes, you're an outlier, but does it matter so much anymore? There's certain positions where I guess it does, but at this position, have we got to the point where it doesn't matter as much as it always has? I don't know. And then I think if you, I almost thought, if if he was the size of CJ Stroud, then I would find it extremely difficult to find any knocks on him at all. Uh, and that's why he ended up at number one for me. Uh, ball placement is absolutely insane. He just puts it exactly where it should be. Uh, reads quick, decisive, doesn't try and do too much. He just does the right amount of everything. It just hits tight throws, has touch, makes makes the right choice of throw as well. Uh, he, he can just do it all. And I'll, uh, look, he's going number one, surely. Yeah. Um... Maybe not a giraffe, but an Okapi, the lesser-known cousin of a giraffe. So there you go. Have a look up Okapis. That's maybe what Bryce Young is. How do you spell it? O-K-A-P-I, for those who want to know. Brian's having a good look at that. Um, There you go. Bit of knowledge there. Um, He, for me, the, the thing that knocked him down to number two from one was all the things that you guys liked. And it's that playing out of structure. And I think his best plays are out of structure. And I don't know how sustainable that is going to be at the next level. It's going to be difficult to see where defensive linemen and linebackers and corners are bigger, faster, stronger, and maybe going to catch up with them. I don't know. Um, And he is such an outlier historically on that. And outliers are outliers for a reason. And I just can't get my head off that. Um, Bryce Young is the favourite to go number one I wouldn't have any disagreements with anyone taking him for number one but when I was looking at him I just had more confidence in CJ Stroud at the next level One thing's for sure you're not going to go wrong taking any of these top four guys There we go Um I don't know the baby draft is listeners, watchers, check old copy. Yeah, they don't look like drafts, do they? No, no, zebras, some some sort of zebras, hybrid. Not going to be the worst thing on my internet history. 
<laughs> They're a distant relative <laughs> of the giraffe. So there you go. There we go. Uh, fantastic input there. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, but yeah, there's our top five. Uh, it was all um, pretty ish textbook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any any other guys outside of the top five that you, that you've watched that you think obviously they're not worth top five accreditation? What guys do you like? Guys, do you think you're going to get drafted in your uh, you're a fan of? Um, again, it's very difficult after that top five, but um, it's quite fun to watch. I'm not going to say he's going to be in excess of so It was Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. Yeah. Um, experienced quarterback. He's he was a five year starter, and he's kind of got better. Each year, he's um, an average kind of size quarterback, but a really good athlete. Um, he's someone who uh, has good arm strength. He throws a ball with good velocity, but um, a standing runner, he's got really quick speed, change of direction. Um, his accuracy and decision-making are off from what would needed to be, but... He's someone who would be fun. I think teams will bring him in, have a look at him, and you know he might get some packages thrown his way with that running ability. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he he's a player who I thought was certainly fun to look at. Yeah, if I was going to take, he would be the one I would go for. And I think if I was going to take a flyer on a late round quarterback, he would be the one that that, that I would go for. I just think there's a little bit more there. Um, other guys, Tanner McKee would be the next one in the list, I guess. Um, Plays at Stanford and again another player that had absolutely nothing going for him this season. Um, no line, no receivers. The receiver he had, which was Michael Wilson, couldn't stay healthy, um, so he had a, a bit of a difficult time of it. Look, he's a pro-style offense player, um, played in a pro-style offense, but uh, there's just not enough there for, to make me think that I would want to go into a season with him starting. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of smaller guys later on that, to be honest, I wouldn't be happy really taking any of them. But there's some guys there if you want some depth or maybe like a third quarterback type player. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? I was just looking through and I don't, it just feels like a smaller crop this year. You're looking and, and even the, you know, 6-1, six, six, I think that's why potentially I'd also got Tanner McKee circled just because he's he's at six six and you know two two thirty odd pounds something like that where he's got the he's got that kind of more prototypical frame and, and size and uh but he he will need time to to be ready there's there's not an awful lot once you get past those top five that we've mentioned well there we go uh for the for the sake of listeners um which uh, we've got through in the previous episode, but uh, we'll do it again. Uh, Owen, reminders of your top five quarterbacks, please. Okay, so at number five, I had Hendon Hooker. At four, I had Will Levis. At three, Anthony Richardson. Two, CJ Stroud. And number one was Bryce Young. Lovely stuff. MJ, could you remind listeners and, of, and the viewers of yours? Uh, number five, Hendon Hooker. Number four, Will Levis. Number three, CJ Stroud. Number two, Anthony Richardson. And number one, Bryce Young. Dude, you know the deal. Off you go. Firing away. Yeah, so five was Hendon Hooker. Four, Will Levis. Number three was Anthony Richardson. Number two was Bryce Young. And number one was CJ Stroud. Lovely stuff. And there we go. In the words of Jay from the in between us, top five. Completed it, mate. 
That's uh, that's all the top five done. Offense, defense, we've done them all. I've said it before. I'll say it one more time. Uh, if you've not already, check them out. There's, there's loads of stuff there. Um, just for someone's knowledge, yeah, uh, do please check it out. Um, all it remains is a huge thank you to all our listeners and viewers for listening and watching. Um, we, we do appreciate every single one of you. And uh, more so than that, a huge, huge thank you uh, from myself and everyone involved for uh, for you three guys. Oh, and MJ, you, you put in so much work, uh, so much time. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. The stuff you put out, or as they call this day, con- context, uh, is, is absolutely class. Um, yeah, hats off to you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be involved. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we will. Uh, we should we thank you as well, then, I guess. Mm. Yeah, kind of, uh, kind, kind of keeping us in check, I suppose, and providing us with top quality dad jokes. It's, it's a hard gig. <laughs> we've all, yeah. we've all had a shot at hosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be yeah. fair, it's a lot harder than you think it is. Brian makes it look easy. So fair play, Brian. You've you've done a stellar job in keeping. There's there's a reason why check. we only. There's a reason why we only do it like once when he's not here. As a, as a desperate final measure when he's not here, we'll go, all right, then we'll do one. But we never want to do it again. Oh, well, thank, thank you very much. But, but seriously, guys, thank you so much for, for me and all the listeners, watchers. Um, the time you put in, the stuff you come out with is, is, is top throw. I, I listen to a lot of other, other stuff that's not quite as good. Um, but you guys absolutely nailing it every week in, week out. Not just on the podcast, but the website, of course. All the scouting reports, mock drafts, it's spot on. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll have one more episode, uh, Fantasy the Draft. Um, and other than that, yes, thank you very much. Enjoy the draft. Hope hope your team picks all the players that you want, uh, unless you're the Eagles. Um, and uh, I hope we've uh, we've been enlightened and, and, and yeah, enlightened your draft path as we go. Uh, and we'll be back after the draft and then you know exactly what will be coming. We'll be ready for season four of the Draft Talk podcast come sort of summer, uh, uh, autumn, or fall, if you're American, if that's what you call it. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. And um, yeah, as you know, Twitter at 99yards, website 99yards.com. This is the Draft Talk podcast. Take care. See you soon.